Hi there and welcome to this podcast and in this session I want to talk about corporate strategy and its implications for subsidiaries. So corporate strategy is needed to define which businesses the organization as a whole wants to be in, what markets and countries it wishes to operate in and what ties the organization as a whole together. So a multi-unit organization, especially a multinational organization, has several subsidiaries domestically and internationally serving a variety of markets. So understanding, organizing and coordinating this structure to create value and wealth is the task of corporate strategy. Now in managing the portfolio, a key consideration is parenting or parental advantage. And this means by how much do corporate parents really improve the performance of their subsidiary? Now this is a crucial question because it really taps into what is the point of the corporate center? What is the point of corporate HQ? So if the task of corporate strategy is to understand, organize and coordinate the structure of subsidiaries to create value, then value can really come from two immediate places. One, it can come from synergy among those uh, subsidiaries so that the subsidiaries are able to some way, you know, support each other, create value for each other, service each other in some kind of way. That's one possibility. The other possibility, which we commonly see, is that the corporate headquarters takes on a kind of service provider uh, approach where it may consolidate a set of activities or a set of um, practices that are common across the subsidiaries, consolidate that into a single unit in the corporate HQ and provide them as a form of shared services to its subsidiaries. Now, that is one potential way in which may, it may create value. I think that da- the question around that, though, is how effective will those shared services be when operating in very different international markets, especially ones with very different institutional needs. And again, in previous podcasts, we've already discussed some of the implications of institutional forces acting upon the business. And we will also do so in some forthcoming podcasts as well. Because the issue there is, if the corporate center provides, let's say, shared services around IT, around um, human resources and various other things, then how applicable or useful are they going to be when entering a market which has a very different set of regulations or an international country with different sets of regulations? So you can probably tell that I'm not so convinced about the shared services model. So looking at the bigger picture then, what is it strategically that the corporate um, parents may provide? There is no real clear answer yet to the question of how much do corporate parents improve the performance of their subsidiaries. And of course, that has a catalogue of potential consequences. So for instance, activist investors or activist shareholders may decide that there's more value for shareholders in divesting a high-performing subsidiary because the corporate parent is simply adding a cost. It's not contributing an advantage. You can tell already there are strategic implications here. But if we look at the recent work by Feldman in 2021 in the strategic management journal paper, where they revisited the the corporate parent's advantage, they provide evidence 
of a co-preparenting advantage. Now, Feldman discovers <clears throat> that among utility organizations, those owned by regulated holding companies have lower return on assets than utilities that were owned by exempt holding companies, which suggests then that when the parent is more loose, more free to support and control its subsidiaries, then it is able to create value and support their performance. So this suggests that corporate parents matter. And that's important, and I don't want to you know, necessarily dismiss that, but what I do want to then add a slightly different point on is that corporate HQs do not necessarily create rents or profits. They can support them among their subsidiaries, but fundamentally it's subsidiaries that create rents and create profits, and this is actually quite important because there are a set of serious strategic implications. First, the entrepreneurial initiatives by subsidiary managers are crucial to the wealth and well-being of the multinational enterprise. Being at the forefront of operating in either their industries or markets or international markets, subsidiary managers are well-placed to identify potential opportunities and initiatives that may create wealth for the organisation. Now, if these subsidiary managers were in subsidiaries ultimately divested from the corporate parent or where the corporate parent had extremely loose control, they would then be in a position to act. But reliance on the idea that corporate HQ must provide some kind of parental advantage, they also act as resource holders. And corporate HQ senior managers then should be the ones providing an overarching strategy for the total organisation. And this, of course, is not just corporate strategy in terms of what is going to be the mix of the subsidiary portfolio and how are we going to um, manage or what type of parents we are going to be, so to speak. But what is the vision for the organisation, for that total pool? Now, this is important because if corporate HQ senior managers are resource holders and also are the ones setting and should be setting this overarching strategy, yet subsidiary managers are the ones that are crucial to entrepreneurial initiatives and creating rents, then what we are faced with is a situation where subsidiary managers need to lobby the multinational headquarters for resources. So this means that the multinational enterprise's corporate strategy should set the vision and way forward against which the subsidiary manager must then align and against which they lobby for resources. So this is also tapping into the issue of corporate control and therefore whether or not the corporation, well the corporation must serve its investors and its subsidiaries but then there is the question of, is that corporate control productive to the subsidiary? And would the subsidiary better serve investors if it was divested from the parent? Especially if the parent is offering little to no advantage. One you know, recent example of this is the coffee chain Costa. Now, Costa's prior parent company was Whitbread and activist investors lobbied for Costa to be divested and eventually Costa was acquired, which su surprised me at the time, by Coca-Cola. And if you look at Coca-Cola, obviously it has a vast range of brands and subsidiaries under its business. 
but also you think about okay so what what do they gain by acquiring what is essentially a coffee chain in the form of costa you know what what's the advantage there also if you go a bit further into coca-cola's past for instance Coca-Cola had separated the, I guess, the drinks business from the bottling business. And a few years ago, reacquired the bottling business because it was so crucial to its growth and it had become a significant bottleneck um, in its ability to meet its strategic objectives. So in this case, you know, there was a change in, in how the corporate portfolio was not just organized, but also managed. So in conclusion then, what I wanted to draw your attention to in this situation is how crucial corporate uh, strategy is the more we have international subsidiaries in particular because we really have to start thinking not just about the form of structuring the corporate portfolio but what is the role of the corporate centre in managing uh, its portfolio of subsidiaries. And we're going to revisit some of these issues in some of our later podcasts when we're looking specifically at the relationship between headquarters and subsidiary and what some of the implications this has for strategy. So I hope that was useful to you and we look forward to seeing the next one. Thank you.